Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Paradox Culture Podcast. We are so excited about season two starting back. It's been a while since we've been here, and we're so glad to be back. I'm your host, Trent Peacock, and this is my co-host, Philip Blancardi. Hello, Philip. How's it going, man? I'm doing great, man. It's so good to be back. Uh, we, we took a little break over the summer, but, man, did that break just fly by. I mean, I felt like we were just here uh, just a few weeks ago. So, I mean, it just zipped by. Yeah, I uh – you know, I'm taking school, so I was like, oh, man, school finished last week. I was like, finally, I get to take a break. I'm going to chill out for a little bit. And I was like, oh, wait, season two starting back. we got to start getting on that now. So we got to get never back. ends. The grind is here, the but excited. Get back to business, um, the business of of uh, hope, helping our people, man. we got to help the people out there in the uh, inner worlds and the Internet. Uh, so, hey, what, you know, since our break, I mean, we, we got to do a lot of things. We were working on different things, but uh, how was your break? Um, it was good. It was good. Um, college ministry kind of picks up in the summer, which has been weird because of all the COVID stuff. It's still not quite like it was, you know, last year. Um, but, um, yeah, our college kids went to the lake and did a retreat with them. And, you know, like I said, was doing schoolwork, so making sure I was getting that done and planning for next year. And so overall – not bad but overall but you did um, have I, a I, fun experience yeah. you, met, you met a new friend over the summer his name was corona his, uh, that's true um not not the beer um i had i had the virus uh, i got covid uh, at the let's see middle of july end of july um so yeah it was it, it's real guys it's out there it's a um, real thing it's real yeah believe it or not you Hearing it here. And we're not making fun of it, so please don't yeah. be offended by this. We know that it's real. We know it's very serious. We know that lots of people are struggling with it. And fortunately, we're, we're, we're thankful and praising God that Philip did get it, but he recovered. And so far, uh, we haven't had too many other staff people have to battle it yet. So yeah. I say yeah. yet because I'm pretty convinced all of us at some time either have had it or will get it. So, um yeah, and I don't, I don't, but nobody knows how I got it. Nobody I was around got sick. Um, he didn't get beforehand. it at the college retreat, just so you know. Yeah, and none, none, none of the of, college kids got it. None of our college kids got <laughs> sick, so I didn't get it from them. Um, and so we were, you know, Amy and I were basically on lockdown for three weeks after I got sick. So we made sure we took our time and and waited till I was clear to come back by the doctor. But it was um, it was pretty brutal. Um, I, I think I had it worse than most people we've known that have had it, mm-hmm. um, most. But um, it was it was pretty bad. So he was not asymptomatic. <laughs> I'm not asymptomatic. That is for sure. I had I was all symptomatic. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're glad that you're back and uh, and glad that you made it through healthy. Um, and so again, glad to be back with the Paradox Culture Podcast. I hope you're excited about season two. We're looking forward to this season. Uh, lots of things going to happen with this season, and we're going to bring back some more special guests as we did last season. Um, and we're just going to continue to talk about, as we always do on the Paradox Culture Podcast, that our words and our the way of life, the way we live our life, don't always say the same thing. Uh, and so that's kind of like our tagline and what we try to accomplish by uh, addressing some of those issues here in the Paradox Culture podcast. So when our world, 
words and, and life don't always match up. So uh, we're going to talk through that this, this season as always and uh, hopefully inspire you and inspire both of us to even live more Christ-like as we go forward. And um, so that that's the hope and goal of this podcast. And um, now there will be a schedule change. Yes. Last season. A little bit different than last season. Yeah. Yeah, So episodes will be coming out every other week Mm -hmm. this season, whereas last week they were coming out every single Thursday. Um, uh, We will be changing that. So every other Thursday um, will be the release of every every episode this season. So there'll still be 10 episodes. That's right. This will just last us all the way through December. So this gives uh, uh, us a little bit more time to make sure that. We're on top of what we're talking about, editing, all the stuff that's got to happen, promotion on social media, but then also gives everyone time to kind of get through the episodes in a timely manner. Right. Um, so hopefully you guys are recommending the episodes to your friends um, and letting them uh, take a listen. So just want to make sure we, we address that at the beginning of the show here. Definitely, definitely. Because um, that will be a little bit of a change, and hopefully, like he said, you'll be able to catch up and won't be overwhelmed with week-after-week episodes. So let's dive into this week. Uh, s- season two, episode one, and as always, we're gonna jump in with our opening question, which is usually something silly that I come up with in my head. And so this is the question, Philip. He has not heard this question yet, so I always like to get his general reactions <laughs> uh, to the opener question. The opener question is: Would you rather hang out? Okay, summer activity. Okay. Would you rather hang out by the pool or hang out on the beach? Uh, am I by myself? No, you're with friends. Oh, man. That's... that's I mean, tough. you could go either way. I mean, would the answer be different if it were with by yourself or with your friends? I don't know. I, I really I don't know what to say here. I don't know what to pick. Um, wow. Stumped him. First I, question of the season. I guess... Just in general, because of the setting and everything, I guess I would choose the beach. Um, really? I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I hate the sand. I, that's why I was. So, I thought I remembered you saying that. No, a hundred percent. That is a true. That's why this was hard. The sand really makes me. Uh, but I, I'm assuming like I'm at some kind of beach house or like I'm on vacation. You know, there's like restaurants that I'm going to and stuff. Like, I'm, I'm taking all of that into account. If you're saying just for like, hey, you're gonna go do this for an hour or two hours, I'm gonna pick the pool. Gotcha. But I'm taking into account, like, if I'm at the beach, I'm assuming there's other things happening. So well, there's other I w- perks. I, I guess the thought behind the question really wasn't, hey, you're on vacation. Okay, yeah, pool. It I'm was pool. like, just every day, what would you pick if you had a choice? Uh, yeah, I'd go to the pool. I hate, I hate the sand. Yeah. I really do. I'm Me too. I'm, I'm pool. <laughs> like, I like the sand. I like the beach. I'll, but, you know, it's like I can be out there for like an hour max, and then once I just start sweating buckets, and yeah. it's like – you walk into the ocean, and it's like bath water, and it's not very refreshing. And yeah. then you come out sticky, and the stickiness really gets me. Yeah. But I do like the beach. Like now, all day, every day, I'll take the lake over everything else. Oh, yeah? yeah oh, yeah. Especially 100%. if you have a boat, right? Especially if I have, a, if I have yeah. access to a boat, you know? Yeah, I could um, probably go with that, too. Access to a wakeboarding boat, I'm there every day. Yeah. So, all right, we don't, we've wasted enough time on the silly question. Both of us are pool guys, pool guys. by nature. <coughs> um yeah. We we don't hate the beach, but we just would prefer like if it were an everyday activity that we would stay at the pool more than go to the beach. Yeah, yeah. 
So, all right. So for the real question, the real topic that we're going to be diving into, uh, and we would love to hear about your preference, beach or, or pool. So uh, message us on social media. Let us know what you think. Uh, but for the real question that we're diving into, the start season two off is why do faithful church attendees fail to follow simple uh, commands of Scripture? And, um, you know, I think, and where we're going with this question, and, and let me kick the door open here with it, is because that might sound a little pointed and a little stabby, but uh, I don't want to be like, you know, poking at people or pointing fingers at people necessarily. Yes, you do. Okay, that's <laughs> part of the podcast. Uh, but, you know, the way we're looking at this question is, you know, people attend church on the regular, you know. Christians normally attend church, although that attendance uh, statistics are telling us is, is dropping off drastically. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there's this sense of, okay, I, I need to go to church. You know, that people, if they say they're a follower of Jesus, they understand the value of church generally. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a general statement. I know we can get into the statistics and specifics of that. But if you were to ask the people who attend church, um, you know, is the Bible important to you? Uh, most of them, if not all of them, would say, yeah, yeah. it means something to them. Um, that it has value to their life, that it is their guide for instruction and wisdom, um, that it's there to help correct and reprove and teach, right? And so all of us would probably agree to that statement. But what I find very interesting in church setting and in, with church attenders um, that they're most ha- like they're very content just going to church and attending church. Yeah. Um, that there, there's not much of a push to go beyond that, just being here. Yeah, I think that's pretty common, and I, th- I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, there's this, there's this idea that, you know, we like to make ourselves. <coughs> feel better about the way that we do things and I think that a lot of times you know we like the idea of being a church person we like the idea of being a, a Christian but and we're, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about it here in a few minutes with some, with some of these these scripture verses but there is things there are things that have to happen if that's going to be legitimate and it goes beyond just coming and sitting down and listening to someone talk People that come to church generally want to be a moral person, right? Yeah, I would. I would generally. I would venture, I would venture to say that's why they're going that, through the that's effort why of being there, going through the exercise of attending church, right? Right. Um, but unfortunately, I feel like there's a lot of people, and I don't have a stat or anything to quote here, um, but just being 21 years in ministry and watching people and and being in in, in the church world. And uh, leading church, uh, being a leader in the church, just seeing people's reaction to the scriptures. Like, yeah, we hear the scriptures, we hear a, a pastor preach the, the scriptures, uh, we're challenged by the scripture in a message. Right. But then we go home and we say, oh, that was great. Thank you, pastor. And that's about the effect it has on our life, you know. Yeah, and I I think, you know, I I call it, and and this is no shot at 
anybody who does a VBS or anything like that, but I, I, I always called it with, with anybody I taught uh, VBS syndrome. You know, there we, we come to church and we hear about all these great things that will happen if we're believers. You know, we hear about eternity in heaven. We hear, mm. you know, and comparatively to hell, of course, who would not be like, well, if these are my two options. Right. You know, we hear about the blessings. You know, we read about all these men of faith. And, and quite honestly, you know, the way that a lot of us grew up in church is these skewed versions of what is happening in scripture. You know, the veggie tale version. Mm of what's really going on and <coughs> then we become adults and things don't shake out quite the way that we were told you know right like the streets of gold like that sounded good when i was when i was six but i'm 37 now and i've got bills and i've got problems right and the streets of gold aren't helping me right now they will one day but right of now course. i can't dig that gold up and and right. Cash it in. Absolutely. And so what happens is we're constantly looking for what we're getting out of it. Mm -hmm. And we're and we're going to talk about a little bit of there are things that have to happen on our end that that make this a little more murky than we were told it was going to be. Yeah, and I think you know how we are as people. We don't want to we don't want to do things. Path of least resistance. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like you told me that if I accepted you know, God is my savior, that this was going to, this was going to be good for me. Yeah. That I'd I'm have no more problems, it. no more problems. And right. You know, so as long as I keep coming and just being faithful to attend, you know, I, I feel like that's a, um, such a short sighted view of <laughs> one salvation. Yeah. And, and one's, and the purpose that God has on, his sons and daughters like oh yeah scripture is full of of direction and and full of purpose like hey here's how we are to live right uh as sons and daughters of the king and we sometimes just act like we're there to be watching a movie and right. just this passive learning this passive experience of faith right I think we look at, you know, we look at the scriptures and we read about, you know, Paul and, and these disciples calling out these groups of people. And it's like, hey, here's what your life is supposed to look like. And I think we take those like things and we go, yeah, I want that. Right. But we don't recognize the fact that Paul and, and, and all these people that are being they're calling out people that are just like us. You're right. Like, hey, you know, yeah, that stuff sounds good, but that's what we're aiming for. This is where we're at. Mm -hmm. And we want immediate satisfaction in Scripture and being, living a life as a Christian doesn't always yield those results. Paul is calling out the, the believers that <coughs> are, com I would say, the comfortable Christianity. Yeah. Now, you know, both of us have been in different countries on missions, and it's ultra convicting to go and yeah. you like you know we were just in Africa last October mm -hmm. uh, Kenya exactly and um, <coughs> and, and being around our brothers and sisters there and you know seeing uh, their churches and seeing how they would have to get to church just the, the fact of transporting themselves to church yeah I'm either walking a long distance um, to get to church a lot of times um, sometimes I'm <laughs> riding in a van or a, a car with multiple people. Yeah. I mean, more people. than the seatbelts, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, 
just so I can get to church. Like I'm inconveniencing myself. I am. It's a it's it's a deliberate action right. for a lot of people and brothers and sisters that are in those countries to make it to church. You know, and we are like, okay, we're gonna pop in there for an hour. Then I'm like, okay, I gotta go. I got you know things to do today. I got s- things to watch on TV. I've got activities to get to. Yeah. You know, and so it's it's this, I guess, frustration of comfort Christianity. And I was thinking about this um, a couple weeks. My my kids and I were having this discussion this past week. We went on a a quick uh, vacation for a few days. And, you know, we were talking and, you know, the kids were saying, you know, well, I don't like this beach as much as that beach, you know. And I'm thinking, why does it matter? You got to go to the beach. Yeah, you're yeah, here. You know, we, as like, a parent, you're like, come on. <laughs> like, what? There's so many kids that this summer never got to go to the beach or never have ever gone to the beach in their life. Yeah. And you're saying, I like this kind of beach better. You know, now that's being a little hard as a dad on your kid, but you know, because <laughs> it's okay for them to have an opinion. Right. You know, but it's like just that comfortability, that spoiledness of like, okay. I'm critical of things that a lot of people don't even get the experience, you know? So that's kind of where we're coming from is that, you know, we have a lot of people that come to church, but they just fail to follow past going to church. Their, their walk with the Lord is not much further than their walk into the building. Right. And to me, that is a great travesty. And that's what we're going to dive into today. Um, And the first scripture that comes to mind is a very familiar scripture um, but it's, it's Jesus's answer to, um, the Pharisees, like, what is the greatest thing that if there's one thing that could sum up the Bible or your teachings, Jesus, what would it be? And this is the greatest command that Jesus gives to them. We all know it's Matthew 22, 37 through 40. And he said to them, you shall love your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your mind. 38 says, and this is the great and first commandment. Um, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commands depends all the law and the prophets. So basically Jesus is summing up what is the most important, like, basic step of action for a Christian. Right. Now, I'm not saying it's easy. That When I say basic step, I'm not saying that this is an easy thing to do. I'm just saying it's like... The thing. Yeah, this is primary. This is it. This is of first importance. And that's to love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Right. <clears throat> with your whole being, you're loving God. When you're going and g- coming, when you're resting, when you're uh, hanging out with people, when you're doing dinner with people, <laughs> when you're whatever, at home, with your children, you are loving the Lord with all your heart, soul, and mind. I think it's important that you point out it's not the easiest thing because I think that that is hard. I think that is complicated. I think having that mentality about, like you said, going out to eat and being with your family, being with your friends, that is a hard thing to apply to each one of those different areas of life. Mm -hmm. So I would agree with you. I think that it is basic. I think it is necessary that it is the first. But I agree with you also that it is definitely not the easiest thing to make sure that that's being maintained. I was reading a book uh, <coughs> called Gospel Fluency, and it's a great book about how the gospel should penetrate every part of our life. Mm-hmm. 
and he was specifically brought up in one of the chapters, and I, it was toward the end of the book, and I don't remember exactly what chapter it was, but great book, check it out, Gospel Fluency. Um, but, you know, he was talking about how, even when, like I mentioned going out to eat, he was talking about how we can worship in the fact that if you're hanging out with some friends and you go get a good meal, and you and I both love steak. Oh, yeah. We've talked about a good steak. Oh, yeah. Right? And how just enjoying that moment of fellowship with each other, the moment of being together, and the moment of enjoying a good, well-cooked steak can be an act of worship. Now, it sounds a little bit like, again, I just talked about comfort Christianity. Yeah. (laughs) That sounds like. But his point was just (laughs) that, just this, though, in everything, love your Lord your God. God, thank you for this. He said, the book goes on to say, he's like, I have this friend who is a worship pastor, and he's like, starts quoting scriptures like, (laughs) thank you, Lord, for the fruit of the vine. Thank you, Lord, (laughs) for this this, uh, animal that you're providing for us for the nursery. I mean, he's like, the blessing isn't just a simple thank you, God, for our food. It's like over the top, like worship service, he said. He goes, now, I'm not saying you have to do that every time you eat, but right. he's, he said the, the mentality, though, and, then, and he said his friend doesn't do that for show and to be um, joking or, yeah. of course, making fun of Scripture. He's like, no, his, his, this friend is really bringing us into the presence of the Lord, saying, hey, let's not just say the blessing, but let's really thank God for the, the moment in time that we have here yeah. to enjoy this. And I was like, you know, <clears throat> That sounds trivial and sounds simple, but at the same time, it, it falls in line with the first priority scripture. And I'm like, I'm guilty. I'm guilty of not really doing that, not well, paying attention to that. I would even go on the other side. I think that sometimes we become so foreign to what our life should look like in Christ that we can look at that and even go like, yeah, that's too much. Like, yeah. why, do, why does it have to be like that? Like, why does it got to be so like... Why you got to be so showy? Settle down. And there is a discomfort. And, I, and I'm speaking out of experience here. I've been at a place like that in my life before where, you know, where I was a Christian, where I was a believer, but I had grown so distant from God where the presence of God made me uncomfortable and made me like, hey, man, like, you don't got to do all that stuff. Like, you're making yeah. me uncomfortable. You know, I like I, I'm saying that out of, ex- out of experience of being in that place at one point in my life of, of just being like, oh, like. Don't be I so don't, extra. Yeah, I mean, and that goes to show, like, how sin gets in our life <clears> and creates this uncomfort. You know, we talk about the comfort of b- Christianity. There's a, there's a discomfort in mm. when the sin takes you so far away that the presence of the Lord becomes uncomfortable to you uh, uh, also. Yeah. yeah. And I, that that's the whole, that's the other side of that coin. Totally. That's a good, very, very good point <coughs> that that not only do we get comfortable with our sin necessarily, but when we're, when we're in the presence of God, when we are around people who are, are living this out, it makes us uncomfortable because right. they're actually living the simple scripture out. Right. You know, and we're like, Oh gosh, they're, they're super serious. And you know, you know, they they just are following scripture. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of where this podcast episode is kind of landing us. I want us to wrestle with that. Like, you know, how are we, you know, wrestling with these simple truths and commands? Right. And so let's take a quick break right now and remind you guys to uh, like and subscribe to this podcast and send it to your friends. Um, it'll help us uh, get the word out. If you're enjoying this, please share. And we'll come back in just a second with part uh, two of this episode. 
All right, we're back. We're back from the break, uh, commercial break here. So we were talking about Matthew 22, 37 through 40, the simple command, simple but not simple to, to execute uh, command of that sums up the whole teaching of Jesus, the whole teaching of Scripture, and that is to love your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and to love your neighbor as yourself. Remember, when we use the word neighbor, some of us get very technical and we're like, oh, okay, I love the people that live right <laughs> beside me and next door to me and across the street. But no, it's talking about neighbor is a general term for your your community, your people around you, the people God intersects your life with. Right. Um, and sometimes we, we just get too specific in that. It may even be, <clears throat> as I say, it's, it's people that God intersects your life with. It might be people that you're intersected with that you may not really prefer or like, you know, but we're to love them. Um, Mm. And, man, (laughs) we need to learn this lesson like none before. If anything that COVID has exposed to me is that people do not love their neighbors. No. And they're not loving their neighbors well. And this is believers. I'm not calling out the world because they don't. They don't have the power of the Holy Spirit that lives in their hearts. I'm calling out us as believers that, unfortunately, I've seen less loving of our neighbors and more hatred of our neighbors. Yeah, um, 100%. I agree with that. So, I mean, that simply alone would be like if you're like, okay, what is – we'll talk about this at the end. We always give you a so what after we talk through this. What do I do with what you just said? And that would be a preemptive so what is simply just love people. <laughs> And stop being so rude and um, disrespectful to people. Yeah. Um, even when you uh, core, I can't say that word. <laughs> even when you vehemently disagree with them. Yeah. Uh, all right. So let's jump into the next simple command that I think that most believers or most people who've ever been in church for any length of time have heard this scripture. Um, I think the scripture we just dove into, the, the greatest command scripture, um, most people have heard. Even if they didn't know where the address was, they knew the scripture. Yeah, they've heard it. Right? Right. Um, and another one of those scriptures I think that most all church attenders have heard at one point in their life, and, and believers have heard, uh, but fail to obey, is Matthew twenty-eight nineteen through 20. And that verse says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you to the end of the age. People love to use this verse and apply it to people who are called to missions. Yeah. And they're like, oh yeah, you these these people are doing Matthew twenty eight nineteen through twenty. I'm so happy for you. <laughs> Slap on the back. Good right. game, you know. Um, but this verse doesn't apply to missionaries only. Right. This verse applies to every believer. Um, it doesn't. And and people also. I've heard people not only apply it to missions and only in that context, but they also then will take it. Verse 20, when it says, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you, they're like, oh, yeah, that's great for the those Bible study teachers yeah. and people like that. Because I'm not a teacher, but um, it's great that God has called you to be a teacher, you know. And so they take that term of teaching them 
to equate it to only apply to people in the church who are gifted as teachers. Um, and if you're listening to this podcast, and I don't mean to make it trivial, if you thought that this verse is not applied to missionaries, it is not just, well, it is applied to missionaries, not but not just, just missionaries, missionaries right. and not just teachers or not just church leaders, right? you know, <clears throat> and some might say, well, I'm not going to all nations and I'm not going to the ends of the earth, but you should be going. Right. That's the point of that verse. In fact, the word go, therefore, go is a, uh, a term there that is in the Greek, it's an ongoing thing. It's, right. it's a, 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 a word that doesn't mean just go once. It's a right. as you are going is what the actual definition really means with the Greek language there. So, <clears throat> sorry, I can't quote the exact Greek word right now. <laughs> I'll, I'll go back and put it in the show notes for you. Uh, but, you know, that's what that term actually means. It's not just go once or go occasionally. It's as you are going and living your life. Right. This is what you are to do. And the word, uh, what are we to do? Make disciples. Make disciples. So that's another big church word that people get hung up on or scared of or overcomplicate really make disciples a disciple is someone who follows christ right uh, follows the commands of christ so the question we've brought out today maybe would say maybe those people that who are attending our churches or are attending church on a regular basis aren't actually disciples they're just attenders Ooh, they're just they're not really a disciple they're really following christ they're just showing up to make yeah you're the guy in the crowd that showed up to listen to jesus that one time and then that was it like you're like all right i'm done well you're not feeding me anymore yeah yeah no more special cool magic tricks jesus i'm gone yeah i came for the miracle where was that at yeah so (coughs) that's this verse i think is so overlooked to be applied to quote unquote super christians or or spiritual leaders or people but this verse was told to Jesus' disciples, and it's right before Jesus is about to ascend into heaven. It's like at the end of his life here on earth that he gives them this command. Yeah. And some would say, well, it only applied to the 11 disciples at that time. No, he meant it for all disciples. Like, hey, yeah, these 11 are going to be instrumental in doing this, but they're going to teach those people to do this. Right, and those people, it would keep going. That's how this works. If the early church decided that this verse, like the the modern-day American church has decided that this verse <laughs> really doesn't I apply. I was just about to say that. Right? Yeah. We wouldn't be here today. Right. Well, if they treated it as like it was just those guys that were responsible. If the people in that area decided that it was just those guys' um, job, then Christianity wouldn't have gotten where it was supposed to go, to the end of the nations, right? Right. Uh, or to all nations, to the ends of the earth, like – it is that it has to keep going. Yeah. And it would have stopped in Jerusalem. Yeah. It would have never gotten past there. Yeah, would that would have been it. So they would have said, oh, well, he must, Jesus really didn't mean that. He just meant it for those missionaries because that he sent out. You know, it's really far to, the, where is the end of the earth? At that time, they had no idea. Right, they had no clue. Yeah. That could have meant, oh, well, that's just outside the walls of uh, what I know. You know, right. that, that's as far as I can ride a horse or wherever, you know? Right. Um, they didn't even know what that meant now. We <laughs> have a globe, and we can see the whole earth. 
uh, we can really get context to the ends of the earth. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're to go and make disciples. And make disciples sounds so complicated. And we make it so complicated. But really, what did those early believers do? They did exactly what verse 20 says, and that was teaching them to observe all the commanded you. So they right. basically said, okay, here's the things that Jesus taught me when I walked and and learned from him and when we did ministry together. These are the things that I've I learned. Yeah. These, are th- These are the things he taught me, and here's how we lived it out. Yeah, exactly. And that's all the making disciples is about. You know, to make a disciple, you really only have to be one step ahead of the person you're leading. Right. You know, maybe it's you're a brand new Christian, but you're on fire for God, and you know that this the gospel that saved you is amazing, and you want to share that with others. And you can bring somebody alongside of you as you share that and learn how to tell people about Jesus or share the your story uh, of how God saved you. Um, maybe you don't know all the Bible stories, but maybe you just know the book of John. Like, all I know is what John's about, because right. a lot of times— as pastors will instruct a new believer, hey, start with the book of John. Mm-hmm. Give them the context of, of Jesus' life and how he lived it, the commands of Christ, and how to live those out and follow Christ. That's a good, easy book to kind of digest. Right. And so maybe it's that's all you know about Scripture. Well, you're still ahead, one step, up, step ahead of someone else, and you can teach them to observe the commands of God. That word disciple again, is just so overcomplicated in our world, our, our church world, uh, and rejected and be like, I can't do it. I can't make disciples. I got to be, you know, that's what you professional Christians get paid to do. You know, those kind of things, mm-hmm. comments. Not that anybody's ever said that to my face, but, you know, yeah, the excuses I get are generally saying that to me, you know. Yeah. I think a lot of people, you know, I think for a, for a good amount of people, I think there's a fear of doing it wrong or not knowing mm-hmm. what you're doing or saying something wrong. And, you know, I think we convince ourselves of that so much that we just talk ourselves into not doing the things that, that, that we've been commanded to do. Right. And I think that this is one of those things as well. I think, too, we have guilt over our sin. And uh, this is where a tool I, of Satan is. Uh, Satan uses this against us, the tool of guilt against us. Mm-hmm. And that is, oh, well, <laughs> You have no business teaching anything about yeah. any scripture or doing it, t- telling anybody about God or how to live for God because your life behind closed doors is a wreck. Right. You yeah, know? exactly. And that might be true. And that's why the first verse we talked about is so important because <clears throat> if you're truly striving to do that, your private life is not going to be in shambles. Your private life is still going to be effective. Right. Not saying we're perfect or we'll be sinless. By any means, I'm not saying that. None of us are, and we'll never be this side of heaven. But there's a, a, a heart's desire and a soul desire to follow God and to live out truth of God and live expand his kingdom. And I think that's what making disciples is all about, is helping people learn how to do that, helping people strive to do that, push people, hold people, even just holding, make, part of making disciples is just holding people accountable yeah. to living out <clears throat> Matthew 22, 37 through 40, you know? Yeah. I mean, that could be a, you and a, a friend could constantly, weekly get together and talk about that verse alone and, and overlay it on top of your week, that week's worth of life and say, did I do this one command? Right. 
Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> so making disciples is something that most church attenders have no desire to do or even the inclination that they should be doing it. Yeah. And so I'm as, as we're talking about this in our paradox, is a paradox because we say that Scripture is important. We say Scripture guides us. We say Scripture means, is the Word of God and means something to us, but until we have to apply it. Oh, yeah, 100%. Well, I mean, and, and you know, one of the verses that, that I wrote down, you know, as, as when you sent me the outline and stuff for this was um, Luke 14, 27 and verse, 23, uh, verse 33 also. And, you know, and those two verses we just talked about require action, but um, verse 27 says, whoever... Um, does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be to my disciple. And 33 says, so therefore any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my, my disciple. Mm -hmm. That's case in point. You know, if we say the scripture is so important, this is calling for sacrifice. This is calling for cost. This is calling for us to mm -hmm. give up of ourselves just like those other two verses do. There are actions that have to be taken. Why aren't we doing them? Mm -hmm. And yeah, it, it does cost. We have gotten comfortable with a with a church or a belief system that we've created that's not really biblical. No, that doesn't, not at all. Doesn't cost us at all. At all, we are we are a bunch of Christians who love to take and get. Coming to church doesn't really cost us. Right. I mean, there's really not a major sacrifice there. No, why you got up a little bit earlier than you wanted. You got up on Sunday <laughs> when your neighbors were sleeping in. Yeah, exactly. You know, uh, you spend an hour here, you know, and I don't want to belittle attending church. So no, that, that's not what we're saying. No, <laughs> we're appreciative that yeah. you come to church, but sometimes if that's all you're doing and, and calling yourself a true disciple of Christ, I'm going to question that. Of course. And I think we have to. And, you know, some might be like, well, you're being judgmental. Well, you know, the scriptures tell us that we will bear fruit. Those right. that follow God, we will bear fruit. And so as a fruit inspector, sometimes I look at fruit people's fruit. It's not there, you know. So I would be doing someone, not to say that my fruit's great and you know, look at me, ah, I'm so awesome. But, you know, I want, I invite people to inspect the fruit yeah. in my life. Tell me where I'm falling short. Th that's accountability. Tell me where I'm not right. being a disciple. Right. Tell me where I'm not making disciples, you know. So I invite that into my own life, and I encourage anyone that's listening today to find that in your life Absolutely. from someone, someone you trust, someone you know that has the same uh, desire to follow Christ as you do. Um, not in a way of, hey, let me have a uh, confession moment, because it's not all about confession. It's about, yeah, confessing your sins one to another and then helping each other grow past your sins. Right, exactly. Um, I know when I'm going to have to answer to my discipleship group, hey, they're going to ask me, did you read your word this week? Did you um, love your family well this week? And when, <laughs> when I know I have to answer those questions, and I can, yeah, of course, I can lie, and they would never be able to really follow that up. <laughs> I mean, you know, they could call uh, my wife and ask, you know, <laughs> yeah. but, and that would be great. You know, I invite them to do that, but, you know, um, there's there's that level of accountability right that you the, the holy spirit starts banging the drum loudly when that question is asked and then i and, and, and he's like hey don't lie 
do not lie. Yeah, be honest. <laughs> here. Be honest here. <coughs> you know, yeah. because w- that's the whole point of great. That's the great thing about making disciples is when you're together and uh, as believers and we're making disciples together and, and pushing each other to grow. There's the the koinonia that Scripture talks about. This thing of knowing Christ and following Christ that this special fellowship that only happens in that moment and there's this this desire to love God more with our heart soul and mind and you're striving to do that one thing so there's this love there that you can't find anywhere else right and I feel that's what I I guess if anything got the thing I want people to hear about this topic and this podcast is if if as a, a true believer if you're not making disciples you're missing out on so much that God has for you the joy of fellowship and koinia with others. The joy <laughs> of striving together with fellow believers to learn and obey the commands of Christ. It's a joy. Yeah. Uh, it's uncomfortable sometimes. <laughs> I'm not going to deny that. But it's a joy to know that you have people that are in your life that care that much about you. Mm-hmm. You know, In a world full of me first and only me, um, it's nice to know that you have fellow brothers and sisters that are pushing you uh, to to follow that first command of Scripture. And so, you know, something I, I think where this kind of falls through, and I know this is getting long, so we want to kind of try to land the plane somewhere, but, you know, I've heard this said many a times, and I feel like it's, it is a good culmination of what the America, American, modern American church has misunderstood. And, and it's partly because of the way that the modern American church has been led, honestly. So yeah. um, w- people respond to the way they're led. And I, I think as a church leaders, we own some of this and we are responsible for some of this false belief. And that, that belief is people misunderstand this. They say they don't understand that they're saved from sin and they're saved for the purposes of God or to the purposes of God. They're saved to something, not just from something. Right. Like the, the, the idea is that, hey, when we present the gospel, hey, be saved so you can be saved from the punishment right. of hell. Right. And that's true. The salvation does save us from that right. eternal that punishment. That is a true statement. That is a true statement. Right. But I think it's a short-sighted statement, meaning that we're really saved to be right. sons and daughters of the king of the world and universe and all creation. Right. You know, we're saved to follow him. We're saved to make disciples. We're saved to be, as uh, 2 Corinthians uh, 19 through 20 talks about, you know, we're saved to be God's ambassadors right. here on the earth. Um, and it, in, in, in tw- verse 20 there of 2 Corinthians, uh, 5:20 says that we are to, um, therefore we we are ambassadors for Christ, making His appeal. God is making His appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. So as ambassadors, we're saved to impl- implore people right to be reconciled to God. Yeah, I think to only go saved from. And that be it. That's half the message. Right. And I think that's where a lot of the complacency has come 
is that, oh, well, I've been taken care of. So here we go. Instead of saying, I've been taken care of, therefore I'm going to right. do the things that Christ has commanded me and asked me to do. Right. And so I think that those, those of us that teach, um, those of us that disciple, those of us that hold someone accountable in our lives, to make sure that we maintain that the full message of, yes, you have been saved from your sin for the purpose of the what Christ has given us, for the kingdom. For right? the kingdom of heaven, right. And so we need to be sure as teachers, those of us that are, you know, holding someone accountable, those of us who are leading a group or a discipleship group or a Bible study, making sure we maintain that whole message of, yes, this is true, but it's for this purpose. And I think it affects the way that we share the gospel, right? Oh, 100%. Because so much we've been trying to tell people, hey, get saved so you can avoid punishment versus, hey, become a follower of Christ so that you can know the, and experience the true joy of knowing Christ, not just escaping hell, but to be saved to a purpose and a promise. Right. You know? Exactly. Um, and so I think that that's how, as you and as we... Um, share the gospel, it doesn't need to just stay at the premise of be saved from your sin, be saved from hell. It, it needs to be be saved to salvation that promises uh, that God will give you eternal life, right. but to the fact that you're called to be more than what you are now. You're called to a new creation. Right. You know, you're called to, to uh, serve God, really, um, and to love God. And so that's that's just something that I want us to grasp and understand and and take away. So the question I have for us as we wrap this up, there's two things we always do. We talk about how so what, where do we go from here? So my kind of leading into the so what is, so if you're listening, let me ask a question. And if you're not following either one of these two simple commands that we talked about at the beginning, Matthew 22, 37 through 40, love your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. And you're not fo- and you're not following and uh, Matthew twenty eight nineteen through twenty making disciples teaching right. people all the things that God has commanded us to do. If you're not doing those things, how many more Bible studies do you need to go to? Right. And, I mean, really, let's get honest here. How many more podcasts do you need to listen to? Uh, how you know, and not that we don't need to be encouraged. But most church attenders are all about the next Bible study. Right. Oh, well, I can't, you know, got the latest Bible study yet. Yeah. You know, well, how mm-hmm. many, much more knowledge of Scripture do you need to have before you start pouring it in to someone else? Right. And I think we have, I've said it before, we are so overeducated in Scripture, uh, the modern church is in America and we have so much that we know <laughs> comparative to the early church guys. Yeah. You know? Yeah. On how to follow Christ, but we don't bring people into that. So so the so what, Philip, what so what we've talked about. What are, where do I go from here? What do I do with what you've we've challenged them to do? Yeah, so I, I think, you know, the first thing is really I think we really need to reflect on ourselves about where we stand and be honest. You know, I tell our college kids all the time when we meet, like this doesn't help if you're not honest with yourself about where you stand. Are you honestly someone that is a church attender, and that's the extent? You know, sit back, ask yourself, be honest. What's, what is it that I'm missing? Am I taking the next steps? Am I doing those things? 
and you know our our church has um, come up with an awesome you and and your team has come up with an awesome way to kind of um, give a, a demonstration a visual of what this process looks like um, called the discipleship pathway and um, I, I think that that does a good job of laying out. We'll put that, that graphic and, and some a description of how that, that graphic works mm-hmm. um, in, in the comment section, but um, just of what it looks like to work down this pathway of discipleship and, and to really reflect on where do I stand and what's next? Mm-hmm. Right? What, is, what is my next thing that I'm supposed to be working towards? Mm-hmm. And so I think being honest with ourselves and then actively pursuing the next step. Yeah, I totally agree. What asking that question? What is my next? What does God want me to do? You know, not because we know when we ask that, get ready. He's going to show you. The Holy Spirit's going to prompt you. He's going to let you know what to do. Look, I would also say, going back to the Matthew twenty-eight, like you know, some people might well, I don't have anybody in my life that I know that I or wants to be discipled. But you'd be so surprised. One, as a parent, you should be discipling your child. Yeah, that's easy. Step one. Yeah, easy. Step two. I mean, there's so many people in your life that you may uh, just assume that are also like yourself, regular church attenders, but they've never been discipled. No one's ever poured scripture into them. They've floated around their whole life, bouncing from church to church. Um, so you'd be surprised, the, just the people in your life. So start asking questions to people like, hey, have you ever been discipled? Right. What's, you know, and, and just that would be an easy follow-up to that. And then start a group of three to five people, you know, Uh, where you're meeting regularly, talking through, as simple as this, I can make this as simple as possible. We call them diggers, but simple as that is just studying scripture together, coming together, talking about what you learned, what God showed you through his word, holding each other accountable through uh, biblical questions and life questions of how they're following Jesus. And that's, and praying for each other. That's, that's a simple discipleship group in the most simple form I can put it, but just finding ways that you can be a part of that group. Uh, or, or create a group, um, whether it's with people you go to church with, people that you live in, in your neighborhood with. I don't know. Just ask yourself that question. What is my next? And your next is definitely more than just sitting in a church service. I can promise you that. So thanks so much for being here today. We have enjoyed this topic. I hope it's challenged you. I hope you hear our hearts behind this, that we want people to rise above just the comfort of Christian comfort Christianity we want them to grow into what God has for them want them to to uh, experience the joy of living a life that follows after God and follows the first two simple commands of uh, of loving God with all your heart soul and mind and, and loving your neighbor so we want that for you and that's why we bring this up today the paradox culture uh, question of why do church attenders uh, not follow simple scriptures commands and so uh, hopefully you've gained something today we'll look for you next time follow us on all the social media philip's going to put all that up there and uh, see you next in a couple weeks